Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being here with us today. I really appreciate you. I'm so grateful for you being here with me today as we're once again sitting down to talk for a little bit about how you can improve your life, how can you improve your business, improve the way that you show up in the world. Um, today we really want to focus on essentially marketing you. Um, what does it take to get that better job? What does it take to be the person that can then be the person you need to be? Um, all of us have things in our life that we want, that we dream of, that we wish for, but often there are some things that need to happen in order for those to be real. Um, you know, I've been pretty open throughout the course of all the years of this show, the struggles that I've had both up and down with weight, and I'm really happy that I was at the doctor again yesterday and lost another eight pounds, and um, I'm quickly approaching the first 100 pounds gone. Uh, I'm excited about it. It's really good stuff, and it'll help me to uh, be down to a weight that, you know, literally I haven't been at in more than a decade. Um, it's pretty exciting stuff, but you know the flip side to it is that I have to continue on with that I can't just get there and then stop because there's a lot more to go um, And uh, that's true in all of our lives. It may not be weight for you. It may be uh, You know getting some training and speaking so that you can get on a stage and really truly articulate yourself It's really fun most of the time. No, it is all the time, but um, it's fun to hear people tell their stories when I'm helping with them, their, them with their book. But the truth of the matter is, is that I've worked with people all the way from, they're like, here, here's a done polished, this is what, you know. I mean, I last week wrote a book. I did it just one shot. Um, I essentially interviewed myself, but the questions for the interview were in my head, you know, it was just, okay, what's the next thing, next thing in the system? Because any kind of book that you ever read, any kind of book that's ever written is, uh, you know, there's a system behind it. Um, that's why, uh, you know, if you think about movies, there's basically three acts to the flow of a movie. Um, and the same thing is true in all of the literature that we read. In fact, even so much so that, like, um, the only exception to that would be if you're actually talking like the owner's manual for, you know, the barbecue grill you bought. You know, they don't really think about story flow with that. But anything that needs to flow from beginning to end to take the reader on any kind of a journey, that journey is essentially the same. Um, and uh, so, you know, people show up where they are and uh, and I help them through that. And some people can show up and just be like, well, in fact, I have some people that they just flat out give me a recording. They're like, here is my book. I've, you know, this is the content. 
Um, and then we just need to take, for example, something that you present from stage all the time and tweak it a little bit so that it's reading format rather than speaking format, but um, all the way to people who, you know, literally when they get on the phone with me originally on, on the Zoom call that we do, they're like, hey, I don't have any idea what I'm going to be talking about. Um, and that's fine, you know. Clarity is powerful. Knowing clearly who you are, who you're meant to serve, and what you're going to say to that person you're meant to serve. Those three things are the foundational, most impactful, most important thing that you can do in your life, in your business. It doesn't matter whether you have as aspirations to stay in the corporation that you're currently working for for the rest of your life. For some people, that's a really good fit. Working for someone else is the best thing for you. It's what lights you up and what gets you up in the morning is the company that you work for. Um, you know, last week's interview, um, I really enjoyed because one of the things that came out of that was, you know, yes, they speak to people. They are really helping people. Um, they specifically are helping women find empowerment in the workplace. But both of them are full-time lawyers and they love what they do and intend to do it. Um, I think I mentioned it, but if I didn't, just as a side note, um, it's actually interesting because Andy actually works for one of my close, uh, works in the same company with one of my close friends. It's really pretty cool. Um, he's in their IT department, but um, you know they know each other. They've been friends for 20 years. That's so cool how small the world is that um, you know a person comes to me com from completely a whole totally different position, and uh, as we're talking, we find out that we both have a very close personal friend that we both know. Um, I'm sorry, sometimes rabbit trails better than the whole sermon. And I just, I'm really excited about those kind of connections that we have in life. Um, the point being is, is that for you, the career you're working or the career that you want to get into is what's going to light you up. For other people, you know, you have this burning message inside of you um, and it's time to get it out. And the first step in that is that you need to identify and then understand how to capitalize on the skills that are necessary to be able to live that dream life. Um, you know, uh, some of you have probably even heard the couple of times I've had Nafisa here on the show. Nafisa, her whole coaching business is basically based around the concept of the very first thing you've got to do is identify who you are and what you want in life. And then you create your business to be able to support that life. If you want to be on the road, you want to travel internationally, then being you know a speaker that travels internationally is going to be fulfilling for you. But if you're a homebody, if um, you know if you're an extreme introvert and uh, an hour on stage is going to suck the life out of you, and you're going to need to take the next week recouping from that energy drain. Um, that you know, and those of you that are extreme introverts, you know exactly what I mean by that. Um, you know, then maybe, uh, maybe traveling isn't for you. Now that I'm not saying that isn't, uh, because it could also be that the traveling is still for you, but you then need to make sure that you have. You know, you travel to a spot, you speak, and then you spend the next week 
really filling your energy and your soul back up. Um, for some people, uh, you know, it's, it's doing technology work. I have been blessed to know some amazing technology people that have done, you know, one of my friends, Mike, uh, you know, he's so nonchalant about it, but he was actually the, uh, the um, what would you call it, like general manager of a company that was the company in the Pacific Northwest that Sprint consulted with when they were literally laying the lines for and trying to figure out how to create the internet. <laughs> you know, um, another one of my friends is one of the people that uh, the federal government called to find out, um, you know, and he's done several kinds of uh, high-level clearance kind of things to do some investigation on internet, uh, you know, what we would call now dark web kind of stuff. And, um, you know, he just has that level of skills and he was trained uh, by the, you know, by the military many, many years ago. And so when they need somebody at a high level, he's one of the people on their list to call. Um, you know, and so for them, that is what lights them up. And I could even tell you actually more so that for both of them, that's what did light them up. And they got to the point where it stopped being the, uh, end all be all of their life and they wanted something else. And both of them still do some, some real high level consulting in that field. But from a day to day basis, that's not what they want to do anymore. Um, my dad, I was talking to him the other day. He's a minister. You know, many of you know that. Uh, he turned 80 in August of this year and uh, is doing really well. I'm really proud of him. Um, but he's he's very seriously looking at the possibility of, you know, in 2020, it's time to retire. Um, and at 80, I think a person has gotten to a point where if they decide that, I think that's something that you know, they should be allowed to be able to do. And what would life look like? And he wants to spend a lot of time, uh, you know, writing teachings and writing books and those kind of things. That's what lights him up now. Um, it's all about the different stages in our life and what lights you up and identifying that. But then also doing the things at whatever age that you need to do to be able to do that. So again, if you need help knowing how to articulate yourself in an understandable way from stage, um, then you may need to get some training in that. Um, when I first started the radio show, and some of it was self-doubt, I hired a coach to make sure that I really understood the concept of what a, you know, what a radio show should sound like and how it should flow. And, and honestly, um, you know, it was really kind of fun in that particular case because what it really pointed out was how much I do know. And it really also helped me identify the personality that I wanted for this particular show because there's different styles. And, and she helped me really identify that. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, so you need to know what you want, know what skills you need in order to be able to do that. And then the last piece of that is marketing you. You've got to market yourself. Um, you've got to understand how to market stuff. Again, you know, bringing it back to books because that's what I do all the time. Most people don't market their book. They don't have a marketing launch for their book. What they do is they announce to the world that their book's out. They, you know, and whether that's self-published or they do it through, you know, a giant company like HarperCollins, 
um, even something like a book tour um, isn't necessarily, it can be, but it isn't necessarily a marketing launch for your book because often it just becomes going around the world announcing to the world that your book's out there, but it's not intentional. Um, Lisa Nichols tells the story many times I've heard, um, you know, about when the first chicken soup for the African-American soul came out um, when she went to do her book tour, which is part of the program for um, the for the soul books. Um, you know, she said, well, my book tour, I'm going to have to do it in churches. And they're like, well, no, we don't support that. You need to go to bookstores. And she's like, well, none of the people that my book's for are going to be there. They're going to be in church. I can guarantee you that wherever else they are throughout the week, they will be in church on Sunday morning. And that's where I need to go. Um, and she did. And she had great success with both of the uh, chicken soup books that um, that she did. Um, you know, and so it's understanding how to market yourself, to have a marketing launch for your book and not just an announcement or even a long series of announcements of, hey, I've got a book, you know, but rather really with intentionality, understanding how those systems work. The same thing's true when you're looking at starting a company or joining a company is understanding their systems and how they work, knowing who you are and what you want to do, what skills do you need, and having them so you can articulate clearly, these are the skills that I've got and these are the skills that I have that you need that are going to make me successful in your company. Um, and, you know, marketing yourself to them, marketing your brand new baby company to the world. Uh, being the person that can get on the stage um, and do those things or can do a Facebook Live. And, um, you know, both sides of this spectrum, both the ability to go on Facebook Live and do a 20, 30 minute Facebook Live, but also to be the kind of person who could do, you know, an Alexa brief and have a one minute um, quick, this is a piece of information you need, and then you know, boom, they've got that. They're not going to learn everything in one minute, but it is a great enticement and another way that you need, potentially, to know what to do to market yourself, to get to the place that you want to go. Because you have something. You have a spark in you. As I'm going through the editing of the book that I wrote last week, I came across a phrase that I said, I say it jokingly all the time, but I said it in the book, Nobody is on this planet because there's too much carbon or there's too much oxygen and not enough carbon dioxide. You're not here just to be a filter to suck up the oxygen and shoot out more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. You have a purpose. There is a reason why you're on this planet. It's for each of us to discover that, to maximize that, and then to live every day of our life as a thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? 
over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us here on Thriving Entrepreneur today. Today we're talking about marketing you, about the skills and then the things you need to do to market yourself. So one of the things that, um, you know, for a lot of people is very intriguing and is something that they have the ability to do but they maybe don't have the skills for is being a coder being a web programmer, being um, even a high-level coder, writing code for um, advanced programmings, any of that kind of thing. Um, it used to be that that would have been a four-year degree program. There are some other options for us now. But really, just like anything else, you first need to understand what skills are involved to be able to help you get from where you are currently to that dream job that you have. So if you have the dream of getting a coder job, what better book to be able to help us with that than the book, How to Find Your Dream Coder Job, written for us by Max Coder. It's a really great insight into really finding a way to start into your dream job as a coder. Join me in welcoming Charles Maxwood. Hey, Charles, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are and how you show up in this world. Um, so I have been a software developer for about 13 years. I've been a podcaster for about 11 years. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think the way that I show up most in the world these days, I run a podcast network for software developers. Uh, we cover mostly web development topics. We do have a couple of mobile development shows and I'm working on growing that. Um, we're also starting a machine learning show, kind of give you an idea of the breadth of what we cover. We also have a freelancing show. Um, but yeah, most of it's technology focused, um, 18 shows on the podcast network in all. And, uh, yeah, we talk about all kinds of stuff related to podcast or to software development. So there are people out there that still want to get into being a developer, um, and your book is all about getting your dream developer job. Tell us a little bit about how you know you came up with the idea for that. Well, there are two things. So one is is that um, I I opened up a while ago uh, my calendar to people if they wanted to talk to me for fifteen minutes. Just anybody who listens to the podcast, or if I go guest on somebody else's, you know, I just throw it out devchat.tv/slash fifteen minutes. People get on, they can talk to me about whatever. So sometimes it's podcasting, sometimes it's something else. Uh, two questions I get all the time are, how do I stay current? Because technology is changing all the time. And how do I find a job? And it, it was interesting because half the people who were asking me how to find a job were kind of new people. And the other half of the people were people who were in a programming job and wanted to change. 
And so I sat down and I started coaching them. I coached probably a couple dozen people and realized that I was giving them all the same process. And I was like, I got to just write this down and, and give it out to people. So I wrote it down. Um, I've, I've put together some worksheets for folks to work through. Um, I am wrapping up the tail end of recording some videos for people as well, if they want to buy those related to the book. But yeah, it's, it's that whole process of how do I find that job? Because the new people their their problem is, is how do I get in for an interview? And the experienced people, it's, um, essentially it's kind of the same thing, but it's how do I show up well with the experience that I've got? Absolutely. So uh, what's the difference between just having a job as a developer and actually finding your dream developer job? So like any industry, there are great jobs where you're happy where you work. You're happy with the people you work with. You've got a great boss. You're working on things you're passionate about. And there are other jobs where you basically show up and you clock in and you clock out in order to get a paycheck. And the thing that I found is that a lot of the people who wanted to leave a programming job to get another programming job, um, they were kind of in that latter camp where they either felt like they weren't growing, they felt like their boss was not treating them fairly, they felt like they didn't get along with their coworkers. Um, sometimes it was just that they were in a different stage of life than their coworkers, or they figured out that the startup life wasn't for them or the big corporate life wasn't for them. And so the book, the first stage of the book is actually focusing on figuring out what you want. And once you figure out what you want, where you think you'll fit, then you can actually start looking for those companies and making sure that those companies are inviting you in for interviews. Mm, perfect. All right. So, you know, I mean, the climate's changed a lot since back in the day when I first started working in web design and stuff like that. Um, what is in demand? What are people looking for now? Um, it depends on the company. I mean, some folks are using older stacks. Some people are using newer stacks. What's interesting is, is that the technology stack really isn't the defining thing anymore. Um, so back, what, when I started my career 13, 14 years ago, um, it was much more focused on can you do Ruby on Rails or can you do JavaScript? Can you do you know, whatever the flavor of the day is, right? And to a certain degree, companies are still looking for that, right? If you have somebody that has a wide breadth of understanding of the technology you use, you can ramp them up faster. And so there, there is an advantage to that. But any more software has gotten so complicated that if you're building even um, all but the smallest applications, these companies are not looking for somebody that can go do it all on their own because you can't anymore. Uh, you have to be able to connect with cloud services. You have to be able to connect with local services. You have to be able to connect to and build your own services anymore. And so what happens is, is all of these different job responsibilities get farmed out to different people. And so if you can't work with other people, and in fact, I have a cousin and a brother that are both getting computer science degrees. They came and they asked me, what do I need to know to be successful in a career as a programmer? And I told them, I, I was like, it's not in your books. It's how, it's how to work with people, right? And so they're looking for people that have the skills to get the work done and be able to work well in a team. Because if you can't work well in a team, it doesn't matter if you're a rock star at the tech stuff, you won't work well on the software. Mm, that's important. Um, especially because I think we still kind of have the mental imagery of, 
a guy in his mom's basement coding. <laughs> yeah, and that's totally not the way it is anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, the industry's changed a lot from that in spite of what you might see in movies these days. Yeah, absolutely. And so the book focuses in, on the, in the same vein on once you've found the company that you want to work at, it teaches you how to actually network your way in. Because if you can network your way in, then you basically prove to them that you can work well with people. And so it, it, it works both ways. And by working through those people, um, the other thing is, is if you think about experienced people in any job, where do they wind up working after their first or second job? Wherever their last coworker went to work for. And so, you know, if you can get referred in, you have a much better chance of getting the job. And yeah, they'll vouch for you as this is a good person. This is a person that looks like they can um, pick things up. You know, I like talking to them. They're my friend kind of thing. And that counts for a ton. So is it probably a better starting place for a person to be looking at going to college or some type of place and get some basic training first? Or um, is it better to find a company that you like and have them kind of teach you the coding and stuff as you go? If you're a new programmer, even if you go to a boot camp or get your computer science degree, four-year degree at uh, college, you're still going to learn on the job. It's just the way it is. You're going to pick up all of the nuanced stuff that they can't teach you in one or two hour classes or on sample projects that you're going to build for your boot camp. You're going to learn that on the job, you know, however they work. And then you're going to go to your next job and you're going to see where different companies do things differently and you'll kind of figure things out from there. So there is a certain level of learning on the job. It's also funny because a couple of years ago, I told, again, my cousin and my brother, uh, both, I was like, why don't you go to a boot camp? Because the boot camps are like three to six months. And then, and then you can be out there continually, you know, writing code and building your resume with your own projects while you find a job. And so you can go do all the networking work and things like that. If you get the four-year degree, you, you can almost kind of come out and slide right into a job. And so there is that, but it takes four years. And so there's, there's this trade-off in time. So if you need the structure or you don't have kind of the uh, time to give an intense three to six months, because the boot camps are pretty intense. They, they run you all day and then they expect you to go home and code a significant part of the time in the evening. So if you can't make that commitment, but you can make the commitment to going to college, then maybe that is a good fit. But what I'm seeing is less and less companies are, less and less companies care about you having that degree. And so if you can go to a boot camp and then you can get enough experience out there in the world, go network with people, get some mentorship, work on some open source projects, you're going to be way more attractive to them because you have the kind of real world experience that they're looking for anyway. But if you need, like I said, the structured setup of a university and you need to work through things that way, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with that route. It just takes a bit longer. So what is the biggest hurdle that people run into um, when they're looking at getting their dream developer job? Mostly it's mindset. So either people don't think they deserve it, they don't think it exists, or the other thing that happens is they get caught up in this idea that the job search works a certain way, which is you make a resume, you send it to as many places as you can find that say software on the job description, 
you hope that they call you back in for the interview and then you hope the ones that you interview with call you in and offer you a job. And the reality is, is that the marketplace is becoming somewhat competitive with more boot camps and places like that, putting more programmers out into the field to where the odds of that actually working without some kind of personal relationship, you know, that in, so to speak, that we were talking about both before, um, it just, it makes it really hard to get in the door. And so if you don't believe you can get it, you don't believe you can, you deserve it, then it makes it really hard for you to go get it. And if you're stuck in, this is the way everybody else does it. And so this is the way it works, then, you know, you're going to be waiting a long time for that to work out for you unless you're exceptional. So what is one piece of advice? What's something that a person who hasn't started down the path at all, uh, what is the step that they could do right now today after listening to this interview to get started on the goal towards finding their dream developer job? Right. So the, the first chapter in the book actually gives you uh, three things that you can do. And I started out because these are the things that honestly will jumpstart your career, your career search more than anything else. Um, I'm going to give them away for free right now. The first one is find a users group. Go on meetup.com, pick the technology you want, or just search for programming. Go find a users group and show up. And if you show up and say, I've never written a line of code in my life, anyone here willing to help, you'll find somebody. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, the, the programming communities are very open and welcoming to just about everybody. And so you can go in and you can say, like I said, I'm new, please help. Um, if you have anything you can put together on a resume, then I recommend that you have a resume in hand because once somebody likes you, you need to be able to turn around and hand them a resume relatively quickly, right? Um, if, if you can let email that to them that night, that's a little bit better because you can go do a little research on the company before you, you know, and doctor your resume a little bit so that it looks a little more, um, not lie on the resume, but make it more attractive to them. And then the other thing is just start a side project. So, you know, if you're working through, you know, free code camp or something else, free code camp is an online course for programming. And so you can actually go learn it for free, um, but go work through that, but commit all of your code while you're learning onto GitHub. And if you put it onto GitHub, that's on github.com, then people can actually see your learning process and they can see how you think and how you approach code. Um, all of those things will help you because it increases your visibility. But of the three, the big one, honestly, is go find a users group. So, and, and take you five minutes, five minutes and then one, one evening a month. Go on meetup.com, find a programming group, especially if they're the type of programming you're interested in. Usually it's Python or JavaScript these days that people are coming into. Go find that group, show up, meet people, tell them you're new, ask them for help. I promise you that in almost every case, you're going to find somebody that's willing to help mentor you and get you in. The book is called The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job, written by international best-selling author Charles Maxwood. Charles, I appreciate you spending some time with us on the show today. Thank you. I know, I know. Two guys in IT space and technology could just yak and yak forever about things that if you're not into that, you wouldn't even want to listen to. I hope we made it interesting because it really is an exciting field and it's so cool to see the different things. There's so much demand. If it's something you're interested in, I most definitely would encourage you to, first of all, get the book. Um, but to really seriously look at 
all the options and all the opportunities that are out there in the coding field there you know things are automating um, you know I was at the doctor's office just today, actually at a lab today and um, you know all you got to do the first time you're there is put in your ID and uh, your insurance card and then the next time you come in you just put the back side of your your driver's license that has that barcode on it in there and they already know all your information a little scary huh um, but you know there are all kinds of things like that that are being coded all the time um, in, in so many different realms and there's just so much opportunity so if it's something you've thought about, something that you're interested in, something you've dreamt of. Um, now is a really great time to uh, to enter into that field, and it's just going to continue getting better. Like you said, there are some really great options that uh, um, that Charles brought up during the course of this interview to really be able to, you know, get from where you are now to starting in the process, if not getting exactly that dream job. Um, as a coder in that industry, there are some really amazing and cool people. And typically, um, in spite of what you might think, it tends to be a real giving, real help each other out kind of an industry. And so if that's something that you're interested in, remember, the first thing you need to do is get the skills that you need. And then the second part of that is to market yourself to be in that place that you want to be. And uh, Charles's book does such a great job of really doing both teaching you the skills and where you can get them, as well as helping you really market yourself to be able to be the person that you want to be. And ultimately, at the end of the day, isn't that what we mean when we talk about living as a thriving entrepreneur? You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur Join me in welcoming Andy Onate. Hi, Andy. How are you doing today? Man, I'm amazingly amazing, brother. How are you feeling? Doing good, thanks. So tell us a little bit about who you are and how you show up in this world. 
Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur and business consultant and speaker. I mean, that's kind of like what I, what I do, but who I am is I'm a connected, loving, a vulnerable man. Perfect. Um, and I know that you really love entrepreneurship. What would you say is your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? My favorite thing about being an entrepreneur is the freedom that it gives me, but also the joy and the fulfillment that, it, that I experience when I, I'm able to support other people in growing financially. I, just, I literally just got off of a, a sales meeting with my team and it was just like that, man, where I realized like, hey, I, I'm employing all these people. By July, we'll have, I'll have 40 employees and I'm employing all these people, giving these people jobs to take care of themselves and their family. So it's the freedom that I have personally, but also the joy and the fulfillment of giving people, other people jobs. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, you went from a impoverished background to being, you know, somebody that has almost 40 employees now. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, 100%. Um, 19 years old, someone who believed in me suggested that I open up a business. And it was, I looked at him and I was like, he, I was like, man, I'm overweight. You're telling me to open up your cell phone store, but I'm overweight. I'm a college dropout. I'm 19 years old. I got a big nose. I got man boobs. Like, I don't think that I can even be remotely successful. And he said, listen, dude, just take action, man. I, I believe in you. And you know what? I'll even do it with you. I'll work for you. And I said, you know what? Just that one person's belief really allowed me or, or triggered me to go into a, a spiral, an upward spiral of progression in my personal life, in my mindset, and also in my business. That's awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about your company. What does it do now? So I owned, I owned, when I was 19, I opened up cell phone stores. I had four locations by 21, and I had 14 people working for me. Um, generated my first million dollars there and then I took that money and I moved to California and when I got to California I got on my knees and I asked God what's my purpose and it was clear to me that God had told me right then and there that my purpose is to share other people strategies that they can experience what I've experienced which is that financial growth and success and so I went on a mission to become a speaker where I believed that speaking was the outlet for me to touch as many people as possible. So I became a motivational speaker working with Underless Brown. After two years of, after a year of traveling, I learned the speaking business and now I'm hosting seminars. So as of today, I'm a seminar host, seminar leader. I host seminars throughout the whole entire country. <clears throat> I have uh, speakers on my stage and I also train speakers how to speak on my stage and get on other people's stages. And I also run a marketing firm that teaches small business owners how to grow and market their business online as well as offline. So you've found a few things that help people make the impact that they really desire to make in the world. Can you share with us some tips on how to make that impact? Well, you got to get big. You got to get known. Um, I think, I think you're in, if, you, if you're not in a position to support other people, like, like, for example, with people like Elon Musk, of course, he, the way that he's making an impact in the world is he's helping a lot of people. And he's built himself a platform to share his message. What you recognize is that every single person that's making impact has a platform to share a message. So Jeff Bezos, of course, he's making money on Amazon, but he's built that platform that he's able to share that message. And now when you listen to Jeff on, on, the, on his shows, on, on the interviews, he's in front of thousands of people sharing a message of one thing and one thing only, progression. 
everyone that's successful, they share a message of their progression. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be the one to just share what it is that they're sharing, which is progression. So that's why that my event is called Progression Conference. My fitness apparel line as I was nearly 300 pounds and constantly, constantly dropping weight. I'm still in my fitness journey. So I started a fitness apparel line called Progression Fitness Apparel. And I have a marketing company called Progression Marketing Group. That experience of progression is what I recognize that people really, how people really become successful is that they progress on a daily basis. Mm, that's good stuff. So, um, you know, of all the tips and tricks, the secrets that you have, um, share with us the one that is your favorite for today that people could use to make themselves more impactful. All right. So, you, you, number one, you, you must get awareness. So you want to you want to grab every line of communication that there is possible and share a message, share your message. And so the many common lines of communication right now is Instagram, Facebook, uh, these, these different lines of communication to, to the audience, the mass audience. Now, another number two, um, in marketing, many marketing experts or gurus that they might call, call themselves would say, hey, uh, niche down. The reason that people say niche down is because most companies don't have the revenue or the dollars or the income to be able to fund, to be able to pay for marketing effectively. So they say niche, uh, market to your niche, so you can hopefully get a client out of your niche. Worst stra marketing strategy I've ever heard to date. What you want to do is you want to create mass awareness, number three. That's number three. You want to create mass awareness. Number four, how do you create mass awareness? You're going to have to build a team behind you. How do you build a team? The question, I get that question, how do you build a team, but I don't have enough money who can support you with the dollars that you have. Now, people are going to look around their bubble. They're going to say, okay, what about, so do I ask my friends, do I ask my mom? No, you don't ask your friends, do that. you got to get outside of that. Okay, do I go on Craigslist and hire somebody, go to Indeed and hire somebody? You don't have the income to be able to do so. So what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to hire people outside of the country and create a system, number, that's number five. Hire people, and then number five is create a system to share with them what they need to do to duplicate yourself. See, there's, there's going to be 40 Andy odd dates that's pushing one product, one name, one service. So in comparison to me versus the uh, solopreneur who just works by himself, I'm going to beat him because when I'm sleeping, I got a team working. When I'm awake, I got a bigger team working. And when I'm on vacation, I got two teams working. You want to duplicate yourself. That's number six. Mm, that's good stuff. So um, what do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back, that keeps them from just going out in there and making the massive impact? Fear. And, and the, the, one of the most popular motivational speakers would say, uh, fear is false evidence appearing real. And it's very true. Fear is, the, is to me, is a sense of direction. It's the way to go. So when, when I sense fear, when I, when, I, when I have a business opportunity or a direction and I sense fear and I say, hmm, I'm feeling a little nervous, to me, it tells me do it. Because obviously that's a devil. To me, I, I, I'm in a constant uh, spiritual battle with the devil. And what I mean by that is the devil is the, the person, the, the old version of me, the 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 the, the the unfulfilled version of me though, the one that wants to be mundane and lay on the couch, like when I did when I was depressed. When I, when I, when I laid on the couch in, um, a couple of years ago, 
I came from California. I mean, I came from the East Coast, had a bunch of success, and then I dipped down um, in my trajectory. What I mean by that, my income dipped, my, uh, my progression dipped, my relationships. I was essentially alone because I'm in this new place by myself. And then, so I experienced depression and I started smoking weed and laying down on my couch. And now I have that version of myself. Then I also have the progressive version of myself, which is the person who's working out at four o'clock in the morning every single day. Um, and an inspiration to so many people going to high school, sharing strategies and, and motivational stories and hiring people, which is who I am now. The old version of me wants to, wants to keep, wants to kind of, kind of, kind of like bring me back. So the old version of me lives in fear. The current version of me progresses through fear. So when, when you feel fear, that's what's holding people back. When you feel fear, it's your old version. That's the devil holding you back. So you got to progress through that and take action despite of that fear. It's the people that listen to fear that essentially having the most regrets. I have clients in my, in my database who are 65, 75, and some of them as high as 80 years old. Uh, prospect, prospective clients, that means they didn't do business with me yet, or actual clients who, who eventually paid me and did business with me, that their biggest regret has been fear. When someone is 64 years old and they say, Andy, I can't believe you're 24 years old right now. I've been wanting to do this dream that you're supporting me and fulfilling since I was 20. Why haven't you done it in the last 44 years? It was because of fear. So they hold themselves back. And then when they hold themselves back, that affects the people that they were supposed to uh, positively impact and negatively impacts them now because you weren't there. I like that. So the people that are listening today, um, you know, they're good students. They like to take action. What is an action that a person could take right now to really uplevel themselves? Change your environment. I want you to think about who's the highest person in your environment, in your circle, and and your sphere, um, not even your immediate environment. You, you may have to exit your immediate environment. Uh, think about the highest level of, uh, uh, of influence in your sphere. That, that's that's, that's you know, maybe 30 miles away from you. That, that might be across the country for you. That might be, who's in your phone book? Get, change that, change your life by changing your, your, your relationships and the people you spend time with. Um, I got a message this morning because I do wake up at three o'clock in the morning and work out, work out at 4 a.m. I got a message this morning because I live in downtown Los Angeles, California, and I travel to Chino Hills, California, which is about a 40 minute drive when there's no traffic. And when there is traffic, about an hour and 10 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes. And I have, I have two gyms in my house. I got, where I live, I got two gyms, two full-size gyms. You would walk in and think it's LA Fitness. However, I traveled that that 40 minute drive there and an hour and a half back because of the traffic. I travel I make that travel just to spend 45 minutes with my personal trainer because also who's working out at the gym is other personal trainers and Marines. So me being the heaviest guy there, essentially a little bit overweight with a little bit of man boob, me being the heaviest guy there, I'm forced to work out at their level or work towards their level. So now when I now, as I've been working out with them for a few months, I see weight dropping off my body and I compare myself to the person that I was five months ago. I'm like, whoa, I see a difference. But compared to my environment, I'm just trying to be normal. So compared to my environment, a six pack is normal in my environment. Being completely lean is normal. Eating vegetables and eating clean is normal. So myself, I'm just trying, as we as humans, 
we're always trying to survive. That's how our mentality is survival and, and normalcy. So if we realize that we're trying to be normal, you got to put yourself in an environment that forces you to up level. So you, so when you when you become normal in that in that range, it's completely different from who you were last year, six months ago, two years ago, and so on. Mm, that's good stuff. So how can a person who wants to go deeper with you um, engage with you on a on a deeper level? Uh, can you repeat that question? How could a person who wants to do more work with you and engage with you on a deeper level, how would they contact you? Oh, uh, the best way is through, through, e through uh, not email, uh, Instagram, Andy Audate, A-N-D-Y-A-U-D-A-T-E. So Instagram, Andy Audate, um, and uh, he wants to take you to another level, wants to help you really up-level yourself. Andy, I really appreciate you sharing some insights into how to live a high-performance life with us here today. Man, Steve Kidd, I appreciate you too, brother, man. Andy is the perfect example of taking stock of yourself, knowing what you want and even need to do in life, and then both acquiring the skills as well as becoming the person that you need to be in order to be the person you need to be. It's so important that we identify who we are, who we're meant to serve, what we're meant to do, all of those kind of things, and then go out and get the skills. Go out and be the person that we need to be in order to serve the people that we need to serve. There are people out there in need of you. And if you don't do it, somebody else will come along and do something similar but nobody is ever going to be you. So I really strongly encourage you to be the best version of yourself. Live to your fullest and really extend yourself to the point where you are living as a thriving entrepreneur. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to WeHelp youthrive.com check us out and find out how you can be a best-selling author today welcome back to thriving entrepreneur this is steve welcome back thanks for listening to thriving entrepreneur today i hope you got a lot out of it i hope that you have been able to take stock of yourself um maybe you do have that dream coder job or some other job and now you're really beginning to wrap your head around, what skills do I need for that and where can I go and get them? Um, maybe you have found some things in your life that you want to 
increase to get better at, whether that be speaking or you need to deal with your health like I am or, um, you know, whatever that thing might be. Maybe you were able to identify that during this show. Um, and maybe, and here's one of the ones I really hope you have done, and that's that maybe you were able to identify how to really begin marketing yourself. You see, often we completely discount uh, the power of liking your own Facebook post, really. Um, you know, if you don't say good things about you, why would other people? If you're down on yourself all the time, that's what you're sending out into the world is this is somebody that you should be down on. Um, and I don't want that for you. I don't want you to be in a place where you find yourself always constantly saying derogatory and negative things about yourself. I want you to be in an upward momentum in life where you can really truly thrive. You can really truly succeed at a level that maybe even you can't imagine right now. The more that you can see it, the better it'll be. You know, the old statement, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. That's true. Tony Robbins has said many, many times, your mind can't distinguish between what you vividly imagine and what's real. Um, you know, that can be both positive and negative for us. If you're vividly imagining some really bad stuff happening or people treating you poorly or anything along those lines, you can manifest that. You can make that ick be a part of your reality. See, the thing about it is, is that it doesn't really matter if you're vividly imagining that that person is talking about you. Um, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if they're saying anything about you. You have taken in the stress, the pressure, the depression, the negativeness that comes out of that feeling that somebody's saying bad things about you because you vividly imagined it. And so therefore, you made it true even if it never was. So we want to be really careful. We want to guard our hearts and our minds we want to watch ourselves to be sure that we are expending our mental energy on things that are taking us in a good direction. It's really easy to go down a rabbit trail. Um, you know, and sometimes they're fun rabbit trails. Sometimes they're things like, um, you know, you're watching cute videos. Um, I got stuck on a site the other evening. I, it was late in the day. I was actually done with work. I just happened to get a, a text and... Uh, and I came in and looked at it on my computer, and it was just the cutest. It was called, uh, uh, your uh, what is it? Um, I don't remember the dog name now. It was it was about dogs and their condemning looks. It was really hilarious. All of these dogs looking at the camera like I can't believe you just did that. And the probability is that the dog wasn't thinking that at all, um, but. Uh, you know, the look, the picture, it looked that way. Um, and it was really, it was disapproving corgis, by the way. Um, very, very cute. Lots of fun. Lots of really cute pictures. Um, you know, you know what it's like. Your dog looks up at you and you're just sure that, that they're judging you. We've all been there. And I've been down that rabbit hole. I just took us both down a rabbit hole 
right now of disapproving corgis while I was talking about that. And that's okay. But sometimes we go down a rabbit hole of really negative thoughts. Next thing you know, we've taken the momentum in our lives, the good day that we've had, and we've destroyed it because we haven't taken the time to bring into captivity those thoughts that are not serving us right now. And we really need to. So be mindful of what you're putting your energy into. Be mindful of the fact that people are watching you. You know, when you have kids, they're, they're like little sponges. They pick up all the words you say, all the things you do. Um, you know, more is caught than taught. And next thing you know, this little person is a reflection of all of the parts of you that you never wanted them to ever be, right? Any of you been there as parents? Yeah, we all know how that feels. And that's okay, don't condemn yourself. Just give yourself permission to let that go, to understand that you are uniquely brilliant, that you were created for a purpose, and that the world does need you. And then powerfully and impactfully move forward in your world to be the person that's making the difference that only you can make. Because if you don't make that difference, nobody else is going to make it for you. Nobody else is ever going to be you. And at the end of the race of your life, as I've said many times on the show, when you cross that tape, you're the only one crossing that finish line and you will be the winner. You get to choose how big or how small that is. You also get to choose how large the crowd of people whose lives you impacted is because of the life you've lived. Some of that comes from sharing your message in the world, putting your book out there, and really helping people to know that thing that you do so well with grace and ease, how they can do it too. You've heard several times on the show here the message where I talked to you about joining us in Bestsellers Guild, and we'd love to have you come to bestsellersguild.com and join us. And let's work on putting that message out into the world. Some exciting things are happening. I can't wait for you to be part of them. Most of all, I can't wait to see you share your message out into the world and to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur. I want to see that for you. And I hope that until next time we're together, that you have a really wonderful and amazing, great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. 
now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.